everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, and my co-host, Christian Conway. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. Yes, so in case you haven't been following us, uh, we're still having Apple Podcast issues, but welcome. This is episode nine uh, of Simply Soccer season three, and we've got <laughs> the last two LA Galaxy matches for you and a preview for San Jose. So thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, we really appreciate the, the loyals who have uh, found other outlets to, to listen to us on. We really ex- appreciate that dedication, you guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, Austin FC, you know, to me, it was going to be a no-brainer uh, win. And the Galaxy did look good, um, very good. I mean, it was um, what, what you would hope for. I mean, Sebastian Legette, uh was able to get his goal in, and that's what we wanted. That's what we needed. Um you know, especially as fans, you want to see that. And Chicharito being on fire and getting a goal himself. Um, you know, and, and then you have like, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you have this contrast of like the Portland game. And so it begs the question of, hey, have the Galaxy been able to show up um, the way that we expect to see them against more challenging teams? especially in the West. The West is always wild. It's always a very physical game. It's always going to be that way. And then you have, um, you know, you have great looks from from Austin FC. Um, Manane really, really gave a run for the money uh, for the Galaxy. And, and But, you know, there was really no times where I really felt like the Galaxy were in danger, per se. Um, and you could argue that if Williams hadn't been taken out on a red card in Portland, that perhaps the Galaxy wouldn't have lost that match um so as we look to you know san jose i i know christian feels like pretty optimistic right (laughs) that we're gonna uh the galaxy are gonna win um against san jose i'm i'm concerned if portland's game got so physical san jose's first of all they played dirty if anybody didn't look at them um what they did uh to seattle what they did to fry and then what they tried to do to alex Rodon. You know, you're talking about a physical match there. Um, I, I am. I have my concerns about that match. I think let, let's first kind of go in chronological order here. I think the Austin mm-hmm. game, as you alluded to, was probably the most complete performance of this season, is what I'd say, which is, you know, the, the talking points leading to that game were the defense was frustrated about not keeping clean sheets, and, you know, there was a sense that the Galaxy had yet to pitch what would be considered a perfect 90 minutes. And yeah, I mean, Austin had its moments. Of course, you mentioned the Kakutamana chance, but I'm okay with them conceding that chance because it's not a high percentage opportunity. You know, like he's taking a pretty, you know, kind of Hail Mary shot on the outside of the box. Um, I think, you know, obviously the the other kind of big concerning moment of this game is Chicharito missing a penalty. You know, having watched that penalty back, honestly, I think it's just a really good save from Brad Stuver and goal. Like, I, I think, you know, I know because it's Chicharito, whenever Chicharito has a moment of a, a miss or kind of one of those moments, everyone kind of says, oh, here we go again. It's 2020 all over again. I'm not mad about him missing that penalty. You know, like that was a very well taken penalty. Stuver just read it really well. And like, that's OK. Um, that's going to happen in this sport. Um, even I think I believe I saw a stat of something like uh, 80% of all penalties are usually converted. That's still 20% that don't. Um, and sometimes you're just part of that 20%. It's the game of statistics. Um, well, I think and if we're talking statistics, Chicharito's statistics uh, for penalties, actually, they're not great. He misses a, a lot of them. But what I liked about this was you didn't feel like it was going to defeat him. You didn't feel like, oh, no, he missed that, so, like, it's over. You right. know? 
I think, you know, maybe last year his head drops and then all of a sudden this game is a wash for Chicharito because he missed a big chance and therefore, you know, he's just on himself the entire time. Um, but it, it, this, again, and then he scores the second goal in this game. And I mean, like, you know, I don't know if a Chicharito last year that misses the penalty that early kind of mentally gets himself back into it and says, all right, I'm going to get another chance and that one's going to the back of the net. You know, like, I just don't think that happens. I do want to say, um, I think the two other big kind of winners for me, uh, you know, uh, of course, and we'll, we will we will discuss um, him in a bit here when we talk about this next game, um, but was the pairing of, of Stares and Williams. You know, I thought they were incredibly confident. And it's it's been interesting to see Stares' development over the past, I guess, maybe four years. And maybe I'm the only Galaxy fan that really thinks this way about Stares, but I think he's turned into one of the better center backs in MLS. And yeah, he's prone to a mistake, but looking at the way he's kind of grown in terms of being a more vocal leader in the back line, I think, you know, at a time, especially in 2019, 2020, when, you know, not a lot of our center backs were stepping up and saying, all right, you know, I've got to take the reins here. Steris was definitely doing that. And so, you know, I, I, I do think a lot of people have a very outdated understanding of Daniel Steris. I think the Daniel Steris we've seen so far this year, he's, he's excellent with his feet on the ball. You know, he's a very smart defender. I, I think, you know, I think Williams, and again, we will discuss that here in a bit, um, brings out a lot of the best in him. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. The other big winner for me is Julian Araujo again. I mean, G- this is like, I, it's exciting to see this happen because it's not, you know, we're sitting here seven weeks into a season and we're like, oh yeah, Araujo's made incremental growth. It's week after week. It's, he's just a better player every week. And I think that's all you can ask for out of a 19-year-old player in his position, right? Like, I think, you know, it's clear that he's taking whatever lessons he's getting, he's putting them to heart, and he's and and he's been given the framework to, you know, if he makes a mistake, it's not the end of the world, but he's not making mistakes right now. Like, I mean, he's, like, he's been one of the most consistent, reliable performers on the LA Galaxy, and, you know, I think that's a, a very amazing thing to see just slowly blossom in front of our eyes, and... You know, I said it on Twitter a couple weeks back, but I said there's half of me that, you know, as a Galaxy fan, you know, 100% of me loves Araujo, but there's half of me as a Galaxy fan that almost just wants it to not work for him in Europe and then have him be Galaxy captain for like 15 years. <laughs> but then there's the other half of me that's like, no, this kid deserves that chance at the highest level, you know, that he deserves a chance outside of MLS, um, you know, for whatever form that would take. You know, I personally think he'd be very successful in the Bundesliga. Um but I, I, I've seen him more linked to Premier League clubs, especially Tottenham. But now with, with kind of the turmoil that Tottenham is in, um, I, I don't know necessarily if that link has the legs it used to have. Um, but I think this Austin game is very stark contrast to the Portland game where this was a, a complete performance. Then we start talking about the Portland game and what kind of... what. Oh, and, and before we move on to Portland, I do want to talk about Kevin Cabral's debut against Austin because... I was impressed with Cabral. I loved... You could see at the end of the match like, how frustrated he was that he didn't get his goal. But I love that he was trying. I didn't mind him being selfish. I felt like this is this is a great spark. I also didn't think he was offside when on that third goal. Mm. I, I don't think he was. I think that was one of those uh, tie goes to the runner kind of things where <laughs> it could have gone either way. Um, but I've, I've been very impressed with, with what I've seen from him so far. You know, like you know, you spend as much as they did on a 21-year-old kid, you know, you, ex- you know, a five-year contract, you know, you want this to be, you know, if, you know, his first impression to be very, you know, 
good, and it was definitely very good. Um, and then we went up to Portland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before before we move on to Portland as well, just to piggyback on what you said about about Steras, um, yeah, he's the longest uh, tenured defender, and I think that there's a reason for that. I know that you know. I just you you have seen a, a lot of it come a long way <laughs> because of uh, you. We used to get on his case all the time and and the poor defending, but you know. Um, yeah. Anyways, just a side note on that, and then and then another side note about Bond, in case it isn't uh, prevalent. What an awesome keeper he is. Um, you know, for him to be able to get knocked down, get back up, to to you know get the the ricochets blocked as much as he can. I mean, you know, there's only so much that he can do. Um, but but it, it, it's nice to know that as a Galaxy fan, you see somebody in the net that you can that you can trust. But you but know? doesn't that like kind of, I guess going on the bond point, like that's another thing that's so different about this team is because I think there's games where you can, in these first, you know, six, seven games, you know, however, however many we're at right now, there, there's moments where bond wins games for the galaxy. I mean, I go back to the double set against LAFC where like, you know, that's, it's a one, one game at that point. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, you know, well, what, what happens, you know, like this is, you know, we finally have a keeper that, you know, if the game is on the line and it's a tight game, one nil going into the 60th minute, you know, starting to feel pretty confident about maybe Jonathan Bond bails the Galaxy out a lot of games this year, and that's yeah. really comforting to have for the first time since. I mean, you know, I, I, even you know Brian Rowe. I mean, Bayham. You know, like I mean, it does feel good to have a keeper though. You're kind of like, okay, you know, like if we get into trouble, he's he's going to be there. Yeah, I mean, of course, you want the Galaxy to be on top shape where the defenders aren't relying on bond but it is just good to know that that he's there and to get that clean sheet right yeah then portland okay so portland to me is a it was a it was a freak game i think that everything that could go wrong went wrong in that match i think it was um portland playing the victim a lot they were just milking that injury and I'm not saying that he wasn't injured I'm just saying they were like definitely making the, their case do you know what I mean well, let's um, I, I mean let's let's look at what happened before the red card because I think sure. you know obviously this red card completely changes the complexion of what this game was um you know I, I think the galaxy were decently worth their money for at least the first 30 minutes, you know, they had their chances, you know, they had a couple of, 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 of looks, you know, they had some moments and it's just, you know, a red card changes a game and all of a sudden, you know, this is a very good team that, you know, can take advantage of that. You know, I think out of the, all the teams that have handled the, the CONCACAF, the, rig, the rigors of the CONCACAF Champions League, you know, for me, the best is, has obviously been, um, uh, the union, but, you know, Portland's done a very good job of it as well. And I mean, you know, losing Grand Seer in the 40th to an injury was was definitely not ideal. Um, and then, of course, you know, kind of a bang bang play, and and Daniel Williams comes up with just one of those horror challenges that you know happen in a sport where you have full grown adults running at each other at high speed. You know, and I, I I think you know there's been a lot made of that tackle. It is a very it's a reckless, dangerous tackle. So that you, you said you said. Daniel, it's Derek. Derek, excuse me. I was, I was, I was thinking about a conversation with Derek earlier. Um, oh, right. But it is one of those challenges where 
look, I mean, this is the reality of a sport where, you know, you have full grown adults charging at each other at high speed. And sometimes you're thinking faster than your body's responding. And, you know, I think Derek Williams will be the first to tell you it was clumsy. And, you know, does it deserve more than a one game suspension? Absolutely. Now, I've seen conversations that have compared it to Brian Mullen's tackle on Steve Zakawani, who was them in 2010 um, or maybe 2011, mm-hmm. where he got 10 games. I, it, 10 games would be harsh for this, but I could easily see the three to five game range. And I would not have a problem with that. It's it's definitely you know. It, you could just you could just see he didn't do it intentionally. Sure, it was it was bad. Yes, it's on turf. Potentially, you know, he had a concussion check before. Whatever the case, I just didn't think it needed to be this as hateful as it's come out to be. Yeah, and and of course, um, you know, the comments that have been made on on. Derek Williams' Instagram um, ranging into death threats and, and racist epithets is and just incredibly unacceptable. And, you know, we saw, you know, Premier League players this year doing the social media blackout one uh, near the end of the season to kind of protest this this open season of abuse um, that has been occurring to, to players, especially players of color. Um, and, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, if, if I, I think if, if you watch this sport and, you know, someone, you know, costing a game because they get a red card in the run of play at an absolutely accidental foul and that drives you to publish death threats on their page and and stuff like that i think you need to step away from the game for a bit and kind of reassess you know what your priorities are in life and and kind of the way that you interact with the world because at the end of the day you know these are still human beings that still you know breathe the same as you do you know act the same as you do have families like you do you know like would you ever want that brought against you and your family? No, never. And so, you know, that people find this acceptable to do behind a keyboard just, I mean, it angers me in a way that, you know, it, it, it's so, it just, I don't understand the, the level of human decency or acceptability that you think that that, that is, you know, like I just, it, it boggles the mind and, and, it, and it's, it's heartbreaking because, you know, um, Jalen Neal's mom, uh, she's very active on Twitter. I, uh, it's Galaxy Mom Four, or I can't. I, it's it's. I believe it's Galaxy Mom Four. You know, she was she was talking about it. She said, you know, I'm I'm almost terrified for my son to make his debut because I don't want him to be exposed to that. And like, that's heartbreaking for me, you know. And so it's like, you know, uh, yes, is it a serious foul? Yes. Is it you know, has Derek Williams shown remorse? You know, as far as I can tell, he definitely has shown some level of remorse. You know, is Andy Polo's season probably done, most likely. That doesn't excuse the level of abuse that has gone on on his social media. It just does not. And, you know, I, I don't, it's I hope... It's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game, and it's and it was a it was a poor move, but it's not, like, death and worthy. And, of course, of course, like, racial things shouldn't even be a thing, you know, with everything that's going on, especially... And I, I don't care who's doing it, you know, like it's 2021. We all have been seeing these extra efforts, especially from the league. So this doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and especially in a year in, in a, in the past year and a half, when these conversations have been so critical in the United States, especially and around the world. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking and unacceptable. And, you know, I think I hate that that's become the overarching conversation around this game. Um, I would say I think this is a game where the the complexion of the game completely changes after that red card, um, and I think you know Portland did what any team that's 
up a man at home should do, which is just dominate the game and win it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think 3-0 is a bit of a kind scoreline to the Galaxy. Um, but it's definitely one of those, I mean, I, I, it's just, you know, to, to see a Galaxy player having to go through that, you know, and kind of just, and even from, you know, rational people I'm seeing, you know, on Twitter that I normally think are rational fans. They, you know, they've said things that I'm just, you know, like, it, it kind of just shocks me. And, um, you know, it, 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 it again, we're, I don't think either of us are condoning the foul and the way that everything went down. I think we're more railing against the response that Derek Williams has had to endure, you know, between personal attacks and, and racial attacks that are just not acceptable. Yeah, and I just don't think that it was uh, something that, you know, it should be a 10-game suspension. I just, I, I understand that a player is injured, and, but you know what, that's, that's also part of the game. Um, I, I don't, like I said, if, he, if it was a dirty move and I compare it with um, what San Jose Earthquakes did, because if you guys didn't see that game against Seattle, they tried to take out Fry. They tried to take him out. He did get injured. Um, luckily, it wasn't for the rest of the season. And then they tried to take out Alex Verdun. And like, that's what I don't understand. You see players deliberately playing dirty and deliberately being physical like that. I mean, as soon as Wondolowski gets on the pitch, his elbows are flying. Like, are you kidding me right now that you're going to like vilify Derek Williams for something that he obviously didn't do on purpose? That that's that's what I don't understand about this level of. Yeah, you know. I I agree 110. percent It, it just it, so it, and, it, and but then it does bring me to that next thing. The reason I you know um, I, I said about the San Jose Earthquakes because that is going to be a physical match, and now I'm worried. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a physical match simply because of the way that um, what San Jose is in terms of that really kind of insane man-marking system that, I mean, Ameda's really tried to change around and rein in, but I don't, you know, he's, you know, God bless Matias Almeida, he's dogmatic to the core and he'll go down with the ship, even if that means, you know, he at least takes the stylistic victory, if that makes sense. He's an incredible, he's incredibly dogmatic. Um, you know, I think the whole entire way that you break that though is you win your you win your individual duels, and then all of a sudden, you know, kind of when you when you win those individual duels, all of a sudden the players next to you know the player that lost out in his duel all of a sudden have to make a decision, which is do I continue to man mark or do I move into space to cover for the guy that um, that just lost his duel, and then all of a sudden that shape starts getting shifted around and kind of almost like you know kind of like you know when you crumple a, a, a soda can, it kind of just starts crumpling. And then all of a sudden, space starts opening for the opposition team to attack into. I think if the Galaxy are smart, they'll be able to take advantage of that. I also think, you know, they just have enough savvy passers of the ball between, you know, Sasha Kledgeton and, and Jonathan Dos Santos and, 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 you know, also the speed of Cabral and, and also Cabral's savvy on the ball. And then you've got Chicharito making very smart runs. I think that's going to be very difficult for San Jose to deal with, especially considering, you know, San Jose is not the most mobile team as well as they, you know, I think their center backs definitely are get addable, especially for a guy like Chicharito, who you know has made his money off of making smart runs in the box. I think they're going to have difficulty answering for Cabral. The other thing I would say about San Jose, and this is why I'm a little bit more bullish about this game, is that if you watch the San Jose Sporting Kansas City match from this past weekend, San Jose had three golden opportunities to score, and they missed every one. And we're talking about like on the doorstep, you put, you know, I don't know, some, you know, poor dude off the street that you know has never seen a soccer ball in his life i'm betting money that he could finish those kind of thing and so that 
comforts me in a certain respect because, you know, the Galaxy defense is going to be a little bit kind of, all right, now we got to figure out how to cover, you know, this missing space that, you know, Derek Williams has, um, has, has left um, because he for certain will be suspended for this game and, and, and probably for three to five. Um, so I think, you know, if the, you know, the Galaxy, as long as they start winning those duels, you know, those one-on-one opportunities and just start attacking the space that's immediately available, I think the Galaxy are going to get a couple of looks here. Um, you know, the only thing I would worry about is just if, you know, San Jose can run you ragged. Like, that's what they're incredibly good at doing. Yeah, is just... and I was about to say, um, and uh, sorry I interrupted you, but the, uh, the Galaxy against Austin in that second half, again, nobody I felt was like, um, at, at no point did I feel that Austin was going to score, but if the Galaxy are gassed like that against a good team, um, uh, a good enough team, uh, I should say San Jose, they have their moments, right? And you know that Wando can score, and you know that, that they're going to bring him in, the kind of coach Almeida is. Um, you know, I think the Portland match could have been a draw, honestly, if, if Williams wasn't taken out like that. But then again, you know, like I said, the Galaxy uh, are being pushed or being challenged a lot more when it comes to um, especially our old rivals, right? These long-time um, teams. And so, um, yeah, I just, you're right. If, 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 the, if they let San Jose run them, or run them to a point where they also get pulled apart. Like, I think that uh, this is San Jose's game. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the Galaxy just, you know, oh, you know, the one thing about San Jose that can hurt you is, again, they can just run you ragged in the sense that, you know, dealing with this omnipresent, you know, man marking, you know, there's a person, a body on you every single second, you know, that requires mm-hmm. a certain level of mental and physical exertion. And I just am a little concerned if, you know, the whole entire thing about the Galaxy and the games they've won this year have just out efforted the team that they played against and that's really all well and good but you know everyone's got a gas tank and you know how long does that gas tank you know how, how much how much fuel is in that gas tank right and so you know i, I don't know how like you, you almost hope that there's still a lot left because i think if, if if the galaxy have a lot left in the tank then i think this is a very winnable game for them um just simply because you know San Jose, you know, three three game losing streak. I don't think they've looked particularly impressive in any of those three games to the point where I'm like, eh, yeah, they probably could have won that one. Um, I, I, I yeah, think, there, yeah, there's uh, there would be some something very sweet about beating San Jose. Yeah, and I, and <laughs> I think it's doable. Because, I think it's very you know, doable. It's Cali Classico, um, but yeah, exactly. Just because, the, yeah, just the way the team plays and and everything like that. You're just like, yeah, I would like to show them. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a very <laughs> winnable. Yeah, I think this is a very winnable game for the Galaxy. But again, you know, it's a question of, you know, how much, you know, can they out heart, out work, you know, because, you know, there's definitely still, you know, the Portland game, I think, is a friendly reminder as well that this is still a building process, right? Like, you know, I think friendly reminder, you know, we're only still in the first year of Greg Vanny. Like, let's not get carried away that, like, all of a sudden, you know, we, we, we win a couple games in a row, yeah, we lose to Seattle, but, you know, losing to Seattle, pretty much everyone's doing this year. You know, we beat Austin, which is a game we should have won. You know, we beat LAFC, you know, we go to Portland to lose. It's like, it, this is still in process. Like, we're still building the building the, 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 the framework for what Vanny can do in two, three years' time rather than necessarily right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I have the Galaxy winning on the weekend. I think, you know, a 2-1, 2-0 win would, is kind of where I'm leaning. Um but again, you know, it's it's you know we don't make we don't do predictions on the show. So, right. um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is this is a this is a good opportunity for the galaxy to kind of get things back on track. 
Yeah, and 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 I like that you that you said that they can get things back on track. Um, I I think a, a win would definitely be a big boost. Um, I would be satisfied with a draw just because I feel like very realistically, <laughs> you know, what that what that entails. But um, yeah, I I really think um, I that the galaxy can do this even even missing williams it it, it isn't going to be a clean sheet um you know bond will be able to to do what he can there um i think it's going to be about scoring goals against san jose and and uh derek williams is um, sorry he's out um but you have uh cabral now who's looking to really um score and then you're looking at um um, Depoy as somebody that you can also rely on. So, um, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos got his goal. Uh, Legit has gotten his goal. Chicharito's still on fire. Um, you know, I, I I have more faith in this team now. I was going to say, like, if, if this turns into a run-and-gun kind of who-can-score-more game, I'm taking the Galaxy's attacking options over San Jose's every day of the week. I mean, between Cabral... Chicharito, you know, they, they, they're getting goals from the midfield, you know, Sebastian Lechette continue his run of form, you know, I, I don't know the extent of Granster's injury, but, you know, if, if he's able to be past fit for the weekend, you know, he's, you know, he desperately needs a goal, but, you know, I think we have the better of the options when it comes to attack, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's also kind of a heartening thing in terms of if this turns into kind of a, you know, let's just see who can score more goals, which has happened in San Jose, but I think this time around we probably have the better attacking talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, you heard it here first. Um, thank you so much again for listening, and go Galaxy. We will have a clipboard out on uh, – do we play on Saturday or Sunday this week? We play on Saturday. Saturday, um, the 29th. Yeah, my friend's getting getting married during the game, so unfortunately I will have to watch it back later. But we will have a uh, we'll have a, uh, a nice uh, Cali Classico-themed um, – I'm, I'm done calling it Cali Classico – California Classico-themed uh, – um, we, we, we do things properly here um, clipboard for you uh, out on sa- uh, Saturday morning and uh, yeah I mean I'm you know let's let's wash away the bad taste of, of Portland and, and everything that kind of fell in the aftermath of that yeah yeah definitely and I won't even you know entertain how the other way it could go and we'll deal with that um, should that happen on the next episode <laughs> and let's hope uh, let's hope I win let's hope I win a lot more points in balls and beers this week as well because last week was rough. Yeah, if you guys aren't playing, um, if you guys aren't playing balls and beers, uh, it's Eliazar House, and um, they they've got their week six up now. Um, and in fact, I have to I have to input mine. You can get that in by by Saturday. So <laughs> I am negative ninety three points for the season. You're making us look bad, bud. You're making us look bad. I know. <laughs> Um, oh, can I, can I, what can I say? I'm a gambling lady. I like to put, put the big points down and then, and then it hurts. I'm um, not going to also, Vegas with you ever. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. I don't. Um, no, but it's just that, not to like excuse myself, but, um, MLS is a very difficult thing to predict. Who thought Cincinnati was going to win over the weekend? Come on. I put like, five on that one. Oh. <laughs> So it's just, it's the little things, you guys. Um, and I, I honestly, like, I hate San Jose, but I really didn't think they were going to lose to sporting. I didn't because of, of the other ways that things go. And like you said, they had 
they had golden opportunities and they messed it up because you know what whatever my gut instinct is for for this is why we don't do predictions on this show like for balls and beers i just feel like the opposite it just ends up happening so kudos to the teams who ended up winning that i really thought weren't going to we didn't talk about this before we before we depart um we do have a new signing on the team in uh revel uh Reveloson, who just uh completed everything uh paperwork and everything i believe last week so the second mm-hmm. uh malagasy uh I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's probably French, and I'm bad at French. Uh, but the second Malagasy player in uh, MLS after uh, Roman Metnier. But uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do, considering he just uh, won Cer- uh, uh, I said Serie B, uh, Ligue 2 with uh, you know in France. So I I'm excited to see because as I said, I've, I've screamed multiple times on this podcast over the past year and a half. This team needs defensive midfield cover, and it looks like it's finally here. Um, and I mean, you know, he's. You know, young. You know, at, at 24, already has 12 caps for for uh, the Madagascar national team. So I, I, I'm excited to see what he can accomplish uh, moving forward, and 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 hopefully, you know, he continues this kind of this weird um, thing we apparently have with uh, French players this season. Yeah, um, which they were like doing a little shout out to like bring Alessandrini back, and as much as that would be fun, um, unless it's gonna. And and no, no no knock to Juninho or anybody for not being who they were ten years ago. Um, you know it it is what it is, and I I think you know Alessandrini said his time. Let's just you know we got new French dudes, we got younger ones. Let's just keep moving forward. Well, I mean, <laughs> Alessandrini did the equivalent of the two o'clock texting URX like "Hey you up" text on the Insta- know, on the I... <laughs> Galaxy Instagram. So look, what are you, you know. Doing? You know, I think with Juninho, he was brought back for morale purposes. I don't necessarily think he was brought back to be a serious player in this team. Um, yeah, but, but again, a, a joy. Yeah. A joy I, to have, you know, but I, I do feel like their time has passed. I, I wouldn't mind Austin Juninho. I just don't see where he fits. Um, yeah. Considering the they thing. went for Grand Seer and Cabral, I just don't think there was room yeah, but, for him. Okay, if we're going to do that, then Grand Seer... <sighs> what does he bring to the table? I know it's kind of soon to say, but I haven't really, like Cabral, the minute that he stepped on the pitch, he almost scored. Like you just see the gumption in this person. And I understand that they're different players and, and things like that, but it's just like, you can just tell, you can just tell, you know, uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, nothing happens in the San Jose game to make me eat my words, but I really see a, a difference, a spark, you know, uh, a fire. And, there's, and, and again, this is a rebuild. Everybody's still coming up um, to be, you know, in tip-top shape. Um, but, but I like what I'm seeing so far, you know. Um, the unfortunate things, you know, MLS going to MLS, and, and here we go. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on Grant Sears. I think just Grant Sears had a tougher time getting, getting used to the league than necessarily um, – I also think the way that Grancers used as kind of the foil for Chicharito to give Chicharito space doesn't really allow him mm. clear goal scoring opportunities the way that maybe he was expecting. So then that's on Vanny. Well, I also think with, with Cabral coming in, that's going to change a little bit. You know, obviously they they're not going to rush it. I mean, they could have rushed it, but I, I, it wouldn't have been smart. You know, a, a guy that just you know had to spend you know however many days in quarantine and and whatever have you. You know, it's going to take him time to get up to, to full match speed. Um, but I think you know. Sorry, it's week seven in MLS. My yep. bad. That's <laughs> all good. Um, but yeah, I just I think uh, you know, it, I, I think with 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 Cabral coming more into this team, I think um, you know we'll see a little bit more out of Grand Sears is my thought. So I you know, but I mean, I, I really wish I knew how to say in French the future is bright, but 
you know, um, the sentiment is still there. Um, Can we use Google Translate? Yeah, I don't know if I'm that fast on the, on the Google. Um, no, but yeah, no. The, that can be their episode title. I mean, also, I, you know, they probably need to open up a French embassy in the, the Dignity Health Sports Park, with considering how many uh, visas we're filing from France to, uh, or from France oh, and boy. French territories to uh, the United States. Well, thank you so much again for listening. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Go, you know, I hope the Galaxy really win this one. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>